Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. It is our annual NHL Stanley Cup preview show brought to you by two guys that watch very little hockey this year. Always one of the highlights of the two guys at a mic show. Used to be the morning break show and back in the old WSBC days. Welcome, everybody. Hope your day off to a great start. It's the big dog and the coach. If you're off to a great start, we hope we don't bring it to a skidding halt. And if the day's off to a rough start, maybe we can give you a little kickstart, a little jumpstart, a little kick in the me, and get you going. Each day, each day is precious unto itself. Live each day, David Olson. I always say live each day as if it were your last because one day you will indeed be correct. And remember, he who laughs, lasts. Thank you very much. Two guys in a mic, TalkZone.com, Big Dog, and the coach at your service. A little bit of music and then we'll kick this sucker out. We're still waiting for the big dog to check in. I will tell you right now, David Olson, if he skips out, if he skips out on our NHL Stanley Cup preview show, I will not be a happy man. Because I don't know if I can pull this off uh, all myself. I probably watched a total of about 32 minutes hockey. Not 32 minutes a night, but total of 32 minutes hockey. But we've advertised it. We publicized it. People are expecting it. It's one of the grand traditions. It's the two guys who watch very little hockey. We'll break down and analyze in our soon-to-be award-winning NHL Stanley Cup preview show. It's one of the highlights or lowlights of the entire year of programming here on the TalkZone.com. Coach of the Big Dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. Talk a lot of baseball, too. And we have uh, this year, man, getting a lot of publicity. We've uh, thrown out a lot of Facebook uh, reads. I sent an entire press release, Big Dog, earlier this morning to the uh, media uh, email list that I have. Which, by the way, is very outdated. I need to update that sucker. But this year, man, and the video at White Sox uh, Fest is making its rounds. And if I am correct, it's this Friday, opening day. This year, man's going to make an appearance. How are you, Joel? Coach, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, hey, yes, this year, man, is making an appearance this Friday. But here's the issue. My producer can't make it on Friday, the guy that films it. So the, the person that was supposed to film it is not can't make it on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand because um, we have a, a TV show that we're doing, and he has to do something on Friday. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have the person who's going to film it for me on Friday. Well, do you have any uh, bodyguards or people that are going with you? Um, yeah, well, we'll see. I, I had a lot of people tell me they were coming with me, but I don't have anybody to film it right now. All right, well, let me suggest this. It's not full film, but, you know, I bought an iPhone uh, maybe about three, four months ago, finally brought broke down. I am technologically insufficient, as you well know, but I did use the video app, or not even an app. It's the regular video part of the iPhone, Big Dog, to take some videotapes of you at uh, Wrigley Field this year, man. And uh-huh. surprisingly, I mean, they came out real good. So basically well, what I'm telling you is you don't you, you don't need to pay a cameraman. Just bring a buddy out there with an iPhone, videotape some of the stuff, and we'll put it on YouTube. I, I want a real camera out there, though, 
for the simple fact that I'm going to be walking through a parking lot full of drunken Sox fans in a Cub tight, Coach. It's a good point. I want a real camera there because okay. it'll give me a little bit sense of you better not start a fight with me because I'm actually doing and filming this. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's a good point. That, I understand. That, that's what I, I kind of want to have a little bit of credibility there. Yes. Okay. Yes. And like I, I agree totally with you. If I was doing anything else, I'd be like, hey, I just got to get it on film. I need, but I kind of want mm-hmm. because a few of my friends that were supposed to be there cannot be there. And some of these guys are like bouncers and security guards and police officers. And I'm not kidding because I know it's going to be extremely controversial. Is it I'm a right. day game or a night game? It's a, it's a, oh, it's opening day, coach. Opening day. Okay. Interesting. What's the weather? Is it supposed to be decent on Friday? It's supposed to be nipply. Nipply. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Never... So, uh, that's basically, if you don't know, coach, it means your nipples will be hard. Yes. That's how cold it is. I okay. kind of got that impression. Thank you for the further description. Okay. And, uh, well, I just, it's supposed to be beautiful. It's supposed to actually be like 45 and sunny perfect for me so i won't be sweating yeah and i can walk around in tight so i just mm-hmm. I, I gotta get somebody to film this for me coach it's, it's gotta happen because idris i don't think can do it now now let me ask you this year man the purpose and again this year man for the uh, two guys that are mike fans not aware and the uh capital un unofficial mascot of the chicago cubs making light of the fact wait till next year we're not going to wait till next year this is the year big dog despite the one yes. and four start Despite the boring and, and almost... Throw out uh, the record, Coach. Throw out the record. Thank you. I okay. would be happy to throw out the record right now. Okay. One and four. We'll talk the Cub Law. But basically, this year, man, is throwing caution right into the wind of that motto of wait till next year, and it is a unofficial mascot. You were out at opening day, Wrigley Field. You got some great response from a lot of inebriated uh, Chicago Cub fans. The sober ones didn't like you too much, but the ones that had cocktailed up for about a half hour, maybe three hours, they, they enjoyed your company, Big Dog. And as we mentioned before, there was a lot of groping going on. We'll talk about that. But getting back to my original point, what is the point of this year, man, going to White Sox Park? Is it strictly agitation? No, no. I, well, it's, I, I'm there to convert Sox fans over to the to the right yeah, side of town. See, I'm I, I, not sure that's the best approach. we got to think this through. We got to think if any of our listeners can help philosophically here, or maybe some of our listeners can be out there providing uh, some either film work or body uh, protection or psychological support for the big dog. Our phone number here is eight 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 four six three six seven four eight triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Could there not be a different approach for this year, man, to be out? Okay, here's what it is. Con- converting what they- White Sox fans on opening day. I don't know that that's the best approach. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go, okay, guys, now, uh, you guys are in a bit of a, I know we're building projects. Cause we've been going one, through one for a hundred and, and, uh, four years now. Well, you're in the middle of a rebuilding project here as, as for White Sox fans. So I, I'm going to sit here and, and let you guys know that it might be another hundred years before you won one also. And this mm-hmm. is what you're going to have to deal with. Hmm. Would it work, David Olson, if, uh, this year man was out there? Hey, you know, as a optimistic, rooting, enthusiastic Cubs fan and trying to pump up the White Sox fans too, would that take some of the humor out of it? You know, hey, White Sox fans, come no, on, I man, it's it, Cubs I, and Sox this year. Cubs are going to do it too. White Sox going to take no, that no, approach? No, that goes against everything this year, man, stands well, not really. for. Yeah. Yes, it does. No, 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 exactly it does, Coach. 
my whole point was I was going to be ironic and be like, yeah, I'm going to help you out. Trust me. You guys are going to suck. I know what it's oh, like. Oh, boy. I, I, big dog. <laughs> Thank goodness it's a day game. Uh, but, I, I, boy, I don't know. Again, you know, 90% of the White Sox fans could either ignore you or take you with a grain of salt, but that 10%, you take that attitude, you might not get out of uh, Comiskey Park, and I only say that half-kiddingly. And like I said, 10% of that 10% are violent. So 1% of the people at, at Comiskey, <laughs> so that's about 300 people I'm gonna have to, out of the 30,000 I'm going to have to look out for. Well, all it, all it takes is one knucklehead, my friend. And um, I'm already that knucklehead. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sawdust, and somebody else is the match. If you know what I'm talking about, coach. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I'm on record for saying I think this year, man, could work at White Sox Park, but strictly trying to agitate him and trying to convert to Cubs fans, particularly on opening day, I'm not feeling it. I like the I like the mutual enthusiasm factor better. But then well, again, I mean, I'm not going there. So I won't go there. I'm not going there full of hate. How can I go there full of hate? I, well, live, I basically live right down the street from the park. But it sounds so, like you are. But You're, it's more. It's not hate. It's it's it's, uh, it's more of like uh, I would have to try to put it in a in a funny way of just like uh, an ironic. Hey, you guys suck too. So mm-hmm. okay. All right. Just make sure you use your uh, sense of humor and your normal exceptional ability to communicate with people without agitating them, okay? <laughs> but the bottom line is we but need... We... I have a tendency of people bigger than me who try to act tough to get extremely... I don't know. You're right, Coach. I need, I need to... Uh, I'll have to relax. There's going to be one person that's going to push yeah. my buttons the wrong way. Yeah. There is. You got to have fun out there. You got to be joyous and have fun, a little kidding and stuff, but... Don't be spiteful, I think, I guess, would be the... Oh, uh, no, I won't be. I okay. definitely will not be spiteful. I okay. know better. When I'm outnumbered 40,000 to one, yes. you know what I mean? All right. Well, I we need to make somehow. it We need to make it 40,000 to three or four. I am uh, potential. Now, I'm not, you know, an imposing individual. Me standing behind you is not going to prevent some knucklehead from going after you. So we still need a couple of your friends that are of the larger bodyguard variety, which I know you have a bunch of. Um, and, most, and most of them are in Hawaii right now. Uh, and uh, the, one of my best friends, who's a, a diehard White Sox fan, and he was uh, Joe Hogan, who's a heavyweight wrestler at West Point, he was an All American, who's a big champion. That's it, the it, kind it, of guy we need. Floor. Yeah, that's that's who we need there. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Chicago uh, is that Chicago Joe? No, I don't know. Chicago Joe is one of Brian's guys. Okay. Brian Bauer. Because we so uh, studies have shown. You know, we haven't mentioned it for a while, but as always, breastfeeding moms is our number one listening audience, Big Dog. They have been right from the get-go, clearly our most loyal listening audience, uh, the breastfeeding mom. But for some reason, we are very popular with people with the first name Joe. Overall, our ratings, not so good. But people that have the first name Joe were quite popular. I can't figure it out. And if Joe ever met a breastfeeding mom, that would probably be the ideal ideal procreation for the two guys in a mic listener. You know, uh, I, uh, I can feel for you, Coach. Me? Because I, I got to tell you, like, I know you don't get all upset when people get the whole, like, the H's and the E's all confused with the with the John Cone in your name. That doesn't bother you know, me. But it bothers me when people call me Joe. 
Okay. Okay. And I'm not talking about like my best friends. Like if somebody that like like uh, Big John Palina would go, "Hey, you got a show." I'm like, "My name is Joel, John. Yeah, yeah, whatever." <laughs> and then he would blow it off. I'm like, "No, you're you're dumb. My name is Joel. Do you understand?" Okay. Well, look, my best friends say it, it doesn't bother me because they're all calling me Joe, and then my best friend Joe, they call him Joel. And then whenever he gets called Joel, he just looks at me and shakes his head. I'm like, yeah, I know it sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so and remember like, when you when you go to a football combine and try out for the 30 and over league or even for the NFL, as you had talked about doing, make sure you pronounce it Joel. And by the way, 30 and over football league, that's, is that like that? Is that like the six foot under basketball league that was going to, you know, yeah, take off? Both very, very competitive. Yeah, no, nothing like seeing some forty six year old <laughs> geriatric in the open field. <laughs> That's either that or go watch the lingerie league. By the way, uh, speaking of women's football, uh, the opposite of the lingerie league. We should throw a little pub out there, friends of the program. We actually need to get somebody on, but the Chicago Force. Women's professional football of the serious kind, big dog. They begin action this this weekend. I forget if it's Saturday or Sunday, the 14th. They have an away game. All their home games this year will be at Evanston High School, but the Chicago Force defending league champions. They haven't won the world championship yet, but uh, they will begin action. I know you're a big fan of it. You've been to a couple of games yeah. yourself. You know, no, I'm a big fan of it. I love those girls play a really good quality uh, brand of football. But I, I'm kind of sick of you acting like those girls uh, playing the lingerie football don't play serious football. So one of the best women athletes I have ever met in my entire life is the star of the Chicago Blitz. And, I mean, that girl is a freak of an athlete. And she goes, I mean, she takes it so serious. That girl trains six days a week. Come and on. then work, and then plays on the seventh day. Yeah, but so, she, she doesn't train six days a week for lingerie football. Oh my, coach! Whatever you feel like, I said you keep on well, ripping. These girls are all ridiculously athletic. Come on, well, okay. they First may they may work out. Fan. They may Fernandez. work. Look, they may work out. They may be uh, athletic, and they may be tremendously fit and watch themselves nutrition wise. But they're not doing it. Primarily for lingerie football. Give me a break. They're doing it for their looks and for their attractiveness. What, what do you? First of all, if you look at the Chicago Bliss, half of those girls are ugly. No offense to the Chicago Bliss girls. Okay, let me just put state that simple fact. I, half of them are not attractive. I would, I would disagree okay? with that. And the, and the other half is the one. My one friend Janet Van, who plays uh, on that team. Yep. She was the starting point guard at, at University of Washington. The girl's a freak of an athlete, and six days a week, she doesn't go and ride the the, the elliptical machine. She doesn't jog on the treadmill. Oh, i got to work out. I put it in five and a half miles an hour, and it didn't have to work for me. She goes to like, these gyms, and she goes through, like, I, biometric I exercises, but, jumping up on. The girl is a freak. And then when I watch but her But my play point against, is they're, they're not... They're not doing that, big dog, so that they can succeed in the lingerie league. That's the point I'm trying to make. Well, she does. Oh. She does. All right, maybe one. Without question, she does, and the and the girls that she trains with, yeah, all of them do it. They, oh, all on. they care about is winning at football. That's all. They, on, they, they only football. play three games a year. Uh, they play like eight. Eight games a year. You're. Uh, I'm not buying into the whole dedication for the lingerie football league. Sorry. I, I will, you know, I'm, I'm buying the fact that they work out, take incredibly good care of themselves, they're athletic, et cetera, et cetera, but I'm not buying the fact that Have all or the primary source of this dedication is to succeed in the women's lingerie football league. Come on, big dog. 
Come the, on, the, man. The best, the best way for me to explain it is this. They take winning seriously in that league because the the two technique tackle. Yeah. Okay, those girls only Warren Sapp would find attractive. Is the best way for me to tell you, Coach. Yeah. Okay. What is she a two technique tackle? No, she's the that girl. Okay. That girl is the the starting running back, <laughs> cornerback, and kick returner. Oh yeah. Nobody she's, can nobody can tackle the girl. She's she's she the one that can stand. She can What's stand that? in the backfield and still send people in motion. That, that, this is true. Hey. This is true. But she's the hey. one who plays against men, and all the men are like, what is this girl out here for? Like, and for the flag football stuff, she plays in the men's, and nobody can nobody can run with the girl. It's hysterical. Mm-hmm. What, right, well, I, one I, of the I, best stories in Chicago. Like, a, news, yeah. a news crew should go out and watch her play against men. Because all right. They all laugh, and then they're like, she's the best player on the whole, in the whole freaking league. I don't want to start a cat fight here or a woman fight, but I can tell you right now, the women of the Chicago Force and their coaching staff, not real big fans of the lingerie league. If you know what I mean, they need to, they need to get Janet Fan on the team. Is what they need well, to do. That's different. If you can't beat them, join them. So though she needs, they need to get her on the team because first of all, she takes football. She lives and breathes it, Coach. You know, she's one of those girls. That she belongs. She's one of the few girls on that team on the lingerie team that belong there. <laughs> There's like four or five. Right in the and middle of our N- uh, our award-winning NHL preview show, we're talking women's lingerie I football. I never NHL quite, anyways. but I have to mention uh, your friend and mine, Big Dog Linda Blache. You remember her, the oh, general was, manager and the free safety for the Chicago Force, and kind of like the George Hallis, almost like the founder <laughs> and first player of the league, kind of. Oh goodness, not a large woman, no. But boy, even in her mid thirties, she finally retired. I think uh, she got concussed, Big Dog. Can happen to the best of us. But, uh, oh, could she hit. Oh, could she play. And she could stare a hole right through a brick wall. An intense young lady, but beautiful, well-fit, managed the team, generally managed the team, started the team, and she was their all-pro free safety as well. Linda Blaschet, friend of the program. Yeah, she, uh, Linda Blaschet, that girl wore no makeup and was absolutely dropped that gorgeous. I think she played into her 40s, Coach. I think you're right. I think she was in her 40s when she was still playing uh, full contact tackle football. Yep. When I went out, when I saw the first game, I went out to about four or five games. I've seen them play. <laughs> the hitting for me was so much harder than I ever thought it was going to be. Yep. I was extremely excited watching people lay each other out out there. I was I, then again, you know, I'm sitting there, we're trying to end violence in the NFL, and then I'm watching women's football, and I was just happy mm-hmm. to see all the headshots that were going on. Got a running back by the name of Jenny Springer, who I think flies in. She used to play for Dallas. I think she lives up in Minnesota, and she flies in for the game. She is the Jerome Bettis of women's football, big dog. Uh, why bother going east-west when I can go straight over you, north-south? No wasted energy. She's unbelievable. And the quarterback, back for her fourth year. Oh, Sammy Grisafi, the California kid who once quarterbacked her high school boys football team. I think the JV team. But blonde, extremely attractive, and a when she gets going, a mouth that can uh, challenge the best of them in the NFL. I mean, she can get after it. Uh, to be quite honest with you, uh, Carlos Boozer and her have the same filter on <laughs> I'm sure she's Carlos very proud of it. And, 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 and uh, a Disney-owned network, again, F-bomb dropped on a Disney-owned <laughs> network. Who was the last time it was by? Carlos Boozer. Most <laughs> recently, Carlos Boozer. Uh-huh. Unbelievable, Coach. 
How they haven't figured it out yet, but get back to the women's football. Like, you're right, that girl's got a potty mouth, yeah. but it's awesome. She can uh, play. <laughs> yes, she can. Chicago Force, women's football, good luck to them. We'll try to get a guest on, uh, uh, if not this week, next week before their first home game. Uh, 888-463-6748. We do have our much-anticipated six minutes of NHL Stanley Cup preview brought to you by two guys that have watched very little hockey this year, but we'll break it down for you. Don't kid yourself. We will analyze. Can, can uh, we spend the first five minutes of that six minutes debating on whether we should only spend a minute on hockey? That's probably a good way to kill a, a good part of the six minutes, yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm fired up for the playoffs. It's finally here. So, that is coming up at 10.43 and 30 seconds. We're on very tight schedule today, Big Dog. Our producer, David Olson, trying to. Trying to tighten the ship, make us a little bit more professional. I don't think it's going to work, but uh, he's making an attempt to. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, you mentioned Carlos Boozer. I was going to bring up the Bulls a little bit farther down in the discussion, but what the heck, let's do it now. little NBA talk, our very own Bulls, knocking off the Knicks yesterday. Minus Derrick Rose, we should mention the Knicks, minus Amari Stoudemire and Jeremy Lin. But the Bulls pull out a victory, big dog. First Bulls game I have watched in a while. And uh, it was impressive, impressive in the sense that, and in the Knicks too, I credit Mike Woodson, both the Knicks and the Bulls, it was as energetic, that's the word I would use, as energetic a defensive effort, not just in the last two minutes, but the entire game, as I've seen in regular season basketball in a long time. It was impressive to see. The feet were bouncing, the help side defense, energy on defense in a regular season game. Shocking. I, I, I don't know, I would when the the Bulls have played a few teams, the Bulls always bring it. That that was nothing more more so last night. I I wouldn't I would not agree, Coach. Maybe just you know what it seemed like. It seemed like they had more energy, at least rebounding the ball. But it seems like the as, as opposed to the last time they played New York in the previous game. But I, I don't think I was wowed at all yesterday by the, the energy the Bulls brought. I, the thing really? that I'm wowed about is you always talk about. One game, things can happen. Uh, like a season long or a career is incredible. The Bulls bring it every night, coach. They show energy and help defense. And it, sometimes it's at a 95% level, and yesterday it was at a, a 100, but they never go below like almost complete energy the whole game. Mm-hmm. But you're right. The Knicks all of a sudden are playing D. Yep. They, they are. You, you nailed it. The Knicks, oh my goodness. I, that was the best Knicks defense they've played since uh, Van Gundy was a coach there. Mm-hmm. My kids, coach. By the way, who blew up Mike Woodson, their coach, and turned him into Charles Durning? Uh, coach, you, <laughs> face it, you're in Atlanta. What are we, uh, here's some peach cop. Uh, oh, all of a sudden you go to New York. Oh my goodness! Wow, New York's the second best city in the country for food after Chicago. My goodness, looks like someone took the uh, inflatable and put him like you know tire pressure about two levels too high. Good coach, I like you know, Mike Woodson. Great player back in the day. Had a great afro. Back in college, one of the better college basketball afros of all time. But Mike Woodson look a little bit uh, chunky out there. But his team is playing defense. That was your point. Yeah, they are. And uh, listen, you live in New York. You should, if you're a Knicks coach, you should probably live in Manhattan so you can just walk to uh, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> you know how many uh, like delis that give you a pound of meat? Oh for, boy! Yep. You know, sixteen dollars for a sandwich, which is a real good deal in New York. Yep. That starts to end up. He probably isn't smart enough to bring the plastic bag, Coach. <laughs> for the extras. Yeah, you, so. st- you start eating that on a regular basis. That will uh, that will do it. No question about it. Good, 
Good depiction, but the uh, Bulls pull out the victory. Kyle Korver was the star down the stretch, draining three-pointers, diving for loose balls. He was outstanding. John Lucas, again, big dog, completely. And I, and I like the kid, but my goodness, the guy is just out of control, jacking up shots. What is it with Bulls point guards? C.J. Watson, Derek Rose, John Lucas, whoever controls I do realize that the Thibodeau's offense is like, hey, we're going to make a point guard put a lot of pressure on the opponent. But you're not putting pressure on the opponents if you just start flinging the ball at the backboard. That's not putting pressure on the team. He'll he'll wait for a screen and then you know either take it to the hoop or jack up a three. Uh, when he does pass the ball, he'll dribble it for about 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 seconds. He'll make a pass. If the guy who gets the pass can create something, Great. If he can't, they pass it back to Lucas. He'll call for the screen again and shoot. I mean, they average maybe 1.5 passes per possession with John Lucas in there. C.J. Watson, at least, is a, is a minor improvement from that. Well, yeah, well, Watson, on his whole career with the Bulls, has gotten better and better and better of getting the offense in a flow yes. while he's been the uh, – when he first came to the Bulls, it was like, oh, Derrick Rose is a starter. I'm going to get 10 minutes a game. And he would chuck, chuck up yeah. 10 shots in those 10 minutes. He doesn't do that anymore, Coach. So uh, John Lucas will, too, when eventually Thibodeau is like, hey, you know, um, there's only so many roster spots, and going into next year we might be thinking about trying to find a point guard that uh, can create something for everybody else, okay? So you mm-hmm. might want to think about that in the offseason. Yep. That's going to happen to John Lucas, Coach. Yep. It could be. Could be. C.J. Watson, though, did a, a pretty good job down the stretch. And he has improved the Bulls learning to win, and they are winning without Derek Rose. So uh, that was a nice victory for the beloved Bull. They still got, what, the second best record in all the NBA? Or the best uh, record? It, well, they have the best record in the East. And i got to be honest with you, they're, they're like a half game right around the San Antonio Spurs right now, and they may be back tied with the Spurs for the best record right yeah, now. Yeah, they still got the, they got the best record. Bulls at 43 okay. and 14. Oak City and San Diego both and, uh, San Antonio both have 15 losses. So with all the injuries, including okay, so the Bulls are half okay. a significant part of Derrick Rose, uh, missing, they still have the best record in basketball. And I think that should be a lesson, not a lesson. That's the wrong word to use, but a, uh, a little indication, a little hint, a little, uh, it's more about the team than individual. Well, yes, and I'm hoping Derek Rose, and I know on occasion Big Dog, he will listen to this show. Maybe his brother Reggie or Mama Rose, I think, is a big fan of the show, even though she's not a breastfeeding mom. Although uh, Derek Rose, by the way, there is rumors that the girlfriend, who we do not know, I didn't even know he had a girlfriend, there is rumors that uh, Derek Rose could be a daddy and we might have another breastfeeding mom listening to the show, Big Dog. Okay, well, uh, hopefully that'll do nothing but improve his game. Yes, so, but, but no my point was, based on. based on the fact that we're winning, Derrick Rose should realize he doesn't have to come back and dominate the ball and take every big shot. He's a great player, phenomenal player, but the team can succeed without him having to do it all. Yeah, you're right, but uh, people, there seems to be a lot of being made about, like, oh, the Bulls are good without Derrick Rose, and... Uh, well, they're a lot better with him. What they're sixteen and seven without him. So what is that? They're twenty-seven and eight with him. That's a lot better record than sixteen and seven. Yep. So 
uh, or no, uh, they're twenty eight or twenty seven and seven without him. So they're going to be better with him. But you're right; he has to like remember that it doesn't. Ha- he doesn't shouldn't be chucking up twenty six shots like he did the other day, and to get everybody else involved. Mm-hmm. I think that was like a one game first game back thing, coach. And mm-hmm. hopefully his hang- ankle is going to be fine. This is ridiculous how many injuries this guy's gone through uh, all year long, but. Right. We talked about San Antonio, Coach, very similar to the Bulls. It's it's really about the team and how they play and how they execute. And they have guys in and out of their lineup all year long, but they yep. keep doing it the Greg Popovich way. Yep. And the average age of San Antonio is listed as old. Did you did you they actually did that? Did you see the DNP for uh, for Tim Duncan the other day? They listed the reason why he was out as old <laughs> officially. <laughs> I'm not making it up, though. They listed the DNT as the reason for it as old. (laughs) And they asked him talking about it. He's like, he just laughed. He's like, I'm old. And he just, yeah, he just, they all giggled about it. It was a joke. You know, but much as well. I like that. I like that. You got to, you know, hopefully that was done as this year, man, will do on Friday with, with a little touch of humor. Oh, it absolutely was. Okay. It absolutely was. (laughs) I like that. Hey, real, two quick real notes, two quick. Quick real notes? How about two real quick notes? And then a shortened version, but we'll get to a little baseball and finish up the show with our six-minute award-winning Stanley Cup uh, hockey preview show, which will be concluded. The grand conclusion, of course, is the big dog picking. <laughs> the NHL Stanley Cup champion. Don't worry, Doug. I'll help you with the nicknames. Uh, two quick uh, notes. I know the nicknames. All right. Bobby and, the, and, the, and even the owners, too. All right, Bobby Petrino, the Arkansas coach who was caught with the 25-year-old on the back of his motorcycle, who, by the way, was engaged to the diving coach. This adds to the scandal. She was already engaged, and there's a $20,000 payment from 51-year-old happily married Bobby Petrino and 25-year-old ex-volleyball player and currently athletic assistant. I believe her name is Jennifer Durrell. At any rate, Bobby Petrino fired from Arkansas, picked up. He paid her twenty five grand. Uh, well, I won't say that, but there's twenty thousand that there's some payment, and they're not sure what it was for. Oh, so she's a prostitute? No, no, no. Take it easy. Come on, coach. Come on. Like, you know, it, it cracks me up. And the Bobby, you know, Bobby Petrino is without a doubt a creep, and we're going to keep on going. He gets exactly what he deserves. He burnt a bunch of bridges to get to Arkansas to Hawaii, and guess what? He goes crashing down in flames. It just cracks me up about how this girl is like washed, like oh, oh, she's a victim. No, she's twenty five years old, cheating on her fiance with a married man, getting a job that she doesn't deserve, getting paid way too much for it. Oh, she's a victim. Why is not the woman always the victim in these situations? The girl's a freaking skank. Seriously. <laughs> oh. You know, every, every time the woman's a victim, then we never like laud a woman when she does something right and doing the right thing. It's always like the same thing. It's a good this point. Woman, it's a good still, point. I, w- I will give you a gold medal for jumping to conclusions, but it's a, it's a potentially accurate point in the difference between the male female and how we're viewed in a situation like that. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Moving right along. Can we can we leave that now or? No, no. I've been. I've... But yeah, let's move because that's all we know is all this all this conjecture and all the conjecture looks really bad right now. Yeah. So and and, and Petrino deserves everything he gets, not from just just the situation. He didn't learn that you're supposed to tell the truth after the whole Penn State thing. 
after every every single thing in sports in, in America that you, if you found out about, when somebody gets busted, A Rod, Giambi, all these other people, I did it. Oh, he did it. He admitted it. Oh my God! Do you remember when Giovanni Silva got busted with weed? Yeah, I was smoking weed. I was with my friends, and we were having at a party, and I, I smoked it. I won't do it again. Oh, nobody mm-hmm. ever talked about Giovanni smoking weed anymore, yep. do they? But it, the best. But all these other people, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Sean Payton, we would never have a bounty for hire. Guess what, Sean Payton? You're not coaching all season. You don't deserve to be because you lied about it. The best example I think you can give of that is the fact that Marv Albert is now back, and he has been for a while, announcing games, and nobody even remembers back. And Big Dother, probably for a guy, can't be any more embarrassing incident than what happened to him. People forgot about it. He's back as your lead announcer. Yeah, great point. I totally forgot. And you're exactly right after it happened. He was like, yeah, I was wrong. I was messing around with my wife, and I got busted. It was with his wife, wasn't it? No, no, no. It was, it was some woman bit his back. It was. I thought it was it with was, his. No, no. It was. It okay. was. That it would have been if, uh, just like the whole uh, Ryan situation in uh, in New York, that crazy video he made with his wife, so nobody made a big deal about it. Wait, who he was cheating on his wife with a prostitute? Rex who? Ryan made some crazy foot fetish video with his wife. Oh yes. And it got leaked on the internet. Nobody ripped him because it was his wife. Marv Albert got in trouble because that was a prostitute. Well, I don't know if he would have gotten trouble, but what he was pictured as, he would have gotten a lot of flack, even if it was with his wife. Why? Because she bit his back and he enjoyed it. Well, it was a little more than that, big. Deal. He was wearing lingerie. That was, that was the problem. Yeah. He was dressed oh. in wimp. Yeah. Remember he was wearing lingerie. Yeah, women's underwear and the high heels and the whole bit. Please don't make me revisit that vision. What's his famous expression, Marv Elmer? Yes. <laughs> oh, did that get a lot of play? All right, let's move on from that, please. We're disturbing a lot of people. We Remember, we are America's I, number one record show. I forgot. You, you forgot about that part, huh? Woo! <laughs> yeah, I did. All right. At any rate, our second uh, titillating tidbit news and notes. We got to jump off the sports page real quick and mention uh, Lollapalooza, which is becoming one of the biggest concerts in the country big dog making all kinds of news tickets are now on sale it's in chicago in the summer but people are already going nuts over this thing i don't know if you're a Lollapalooza fan or as they call it lala but black sabbath is going to be appearing apparently red hot yeah a black sabbath reunion Oh, I didn't know. The okay. Red Hot Chili Peppers. My my kid is a senior in high school, and even the sophomores getting into now that, that they spent like two hours. Texting, Facebooking, calling, trying to order tickets for Lollapalooza. The thing's in August. Awesome. And it's early April now, but it's become huge. Yeah, and they they really jacked the ticket prices up this as year, my, too. As my wife yeah. found out on the Internet yesterday. Yeah, well, how much is it? 400 bucks? 237 Okay, I was thinking of, okay, so I, I would get, uh, without a doubt, if you're 21 years old, you buy the all-access one, which is probably double. But it gives you all the food and drink you can want. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a smart thing to do, especially somebody like me who eats and drinks like a, a fiend. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's how 237 is not that bad for three days, Coach. That much music, it's awesome. That, that, that fest is a blast. It's, it's such a good time. I, I mean, I've been going to it since the early 90s. Yep. When I used to travel around the country instead of having it just in one spot. It's become bigger so, and bigger each and every year, and now it's uh, becoming maybe, especially with Taste of Chicago kind of, Dying out and being uh, tempered down a little bit by Mayor Rahm 
Emmanuel. Uh, Lollapalooza becoming the highlight event of the Chicago Summers and drawing a lot of people into the city. By the way, Jack White is appearing. I don't know who Jack White is. He's one half of the White Stripes. Ah. The, the, the talented half. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's also had like four or five other side talented. bands. He's a, he's a very, very okay. talented musician. Okay. Very, very he's talented. Incredible. Big Dog, it begs uh, the question, every, every, what would happen if we put Jack White and Jack Black into the same room? Uh, you know what? An extremely intense parody song <laughs> with a ridiculous guitar riff <laughs> was what you would get. That's exactly what you would get. Uh just wondering. These are the these are the strange thoughts that I have at various it, times it would, of the day. They could probably call it rock and roll in black and white. I like that. I like that. All right, real quick, let's move to baseball and then our NHL Stanley Cup preview. The playoffs start tonight. Blackhawks taking on the Coyotes tomorrow as we start to get a little hockey fever here in the city of Chicago and across the beautiful United States of America. But real quick, in baseball yesterday, dog, your Chicago Cubs lose 7-4. to four. They go to 1-4 and four on the season. Very first start for Paul Mahalam. That's how you pronounce it, right, Mahalam? Yeah. Two life, two life, Mahalam. Mahalo, mahalo to live. I feel like a fiddler on the roof with that last name. He got blown out in the first inning, a bad first inning for Mahalo. Gave up five runs, and the Cubs were fighting uphill the rest of the game. Yeah, uh, hopefully Mahalo. It was so cold, and it was windy last night. The other the other pitcher had to deal with it, too. So yeah, it's no cold, cold for the hitters, too. Yeah, I, I'm not about to like sit here and just write up, oh, he's done. But, yeah, that was a horrible first outing for mm-hmm. Paul Mahalo. It seemed like every pitch was right down the middle, Coach. Yep. You know, you always miss those spots. And, again, for the Chicago Cubs, uh, you know, you watch. I didn't watch the whole game, but, you know, little bits and pieces. Too many outs. Too many easy outs. It's the the most basic way to put it. They don't battle. They don't fight. There's just too many routine automatic outs. They make it easy on the pitcher. Well, for uh, the Cubs offensively. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. If the Cubs offense, could, there's a chance that it could be the second worst in baseball. But still, you were talking about them having the worst record of all time yesterday. They're not that bad, Coach. They're not that bad. Okay. This is the worst offense I think I've ever seen in my entire life as a Cub fan. For the Cubs, yep. I, I, I don't, they could be the worst lineup in all of baseball. And it, but Seattle's really bad. Seattle has Ichiro, Dustin Ackley, and nothing after that. And it's either the Cubs or the, the Mariners with the worst mm-hmm. offense in the whole game. Cinemax Cindy emailing in. Don't fret Anthony Rizzo, our uh, traded for rookie sensation, hit a couple of home runs yesterday down in AAA. Help may be on the way. By the way, if it comes, let's make sure he doesn't replace Brian LaHare because Brian LaHare is the one guy that's hitting the ball for the beloved Cub. That's exactly what I was going to say to you. Well, we've got one guy that's hitting, and that's the one position where Anthony Rizzo is playing. In Major League Baseball. Yeah, but I think LaHare can play the outfield. Okay, that's uh, put him on left then. Put him on left. That's hard. Oh, it's hard to try to fill in the, the glove work of an Alfonso Soriano. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Alfonso Soriano had a yes. really really good catch yesterday, and he went back up the middle with a low and yep. away pitch in an RBI situation. And you know what? On okay. Monday, oh. I think it was, he had a couple of good catches, too. So his fielding early on, early, but his fielding has been uh, much improved. Yeah, so, like, I have bashed and bashed and bashed Oriano for lack of fundamentals. And so far through five games, 
Soriano's lack of fundamentals is not the reason why the Cubs are one and four. It's not Soriano's problem or mm-hmm. fault so far. All right, Ryan Dempster, Giovanni Gallardo, one twenty today. Going to be a little bit weather, uh, a little bit warmer. By the way, kudos, ultimate kudos, and, and maybe with a five percent like. What the hell is wrong with you? To all the fans that stuck out that three-hour and 20-minute game, Big Doug, any fan that was around at the end of that game, that is Cub fandom above and beyond. Again, 95% credit, 5% mental instability. But, man, it was uh, it was cold out there. Just to, just to let you know, Coach, there were a lot of Brewer fans left at last night's game. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Ryan Bro- – I wrote a beautiful, beautiful uh, – I shouldn't say beautiful, but I wrote uh, – I blogged about Ryan Braun. Yes. So this year, man, blog. It was lovely. I don't know if you, got a chance. You, you read it already? Yeah. Well, they, the people in Milwaukee, they started chanting, the Milwaukee Brewer fans started chanting MVP late in the game while he was batting. It's all right. I texted a friend of mine at the game who was still there, one of those idiots that were still there late at night in the winter, in, in the winter jacket and a bottle of Jack Daniels in his coat. <laughs> and I got him to start chanting MVP. M-V-P-E-D, just to let you know, Coach, and uh, and the people in his area, they all loved it. They loved it. They loved the chance. It was all good. So, <laughs> so, you so were I the... was able to start a chance from my couch at wow. Wrigley Field. Wow. That's social networking at its best. Modern right technology, absolutely amazing. The big dog, I'm proud of you. Anyhow, Dempster against Gallardo this afternoon should be a good matchup. White Sox were uh, colded out, weathered out yesterday. And they'll be taking on Cleveland today. Uh, just real quick, philosophy-wise, big dog, you got Phil Umber, the number five pitcher, I believe. It's his turn to pitch. Now they get weathered out yesterday, so the White Sox have to make a decision. Do you let Umber go and keep your rotation in place, or do you tell Umber, sorry, Charlie, you got to, you know, mess, miss your turn so the other four guys can stay in rotation? No, that, that decision is all dependent on the team and how that pitcher has worked so far this year. So I'm obviously not in the Cubs or excuse me, the White Sox clubhouse, but I'm assuming that if he didn't warm up or they knew like well beforehand, well before the game started that he was not going to pitch today, mm-hmm. that he starts today. Not sure. It's not like they canceled the game a half hour before and yeah. he warmed up. And done but all the that problem stuff. is you're taking a red hot, not red hot, how can you be red hot one game into the season, but you're taking a John Danks. And, you know, a couple of the other guys that are in their groove, and now you're throwing them off their normal pitching rotation. So maybe you make one guy, I don't know if suffers the right word, but you throw off one guy to save the other four. Different philosophy. And you're right. You've probably got to know your team. Yeah, that's, that's all. Yeah. It all depends on the team. Yep. And, and, what if Phil, and if Phil Umber's got, like, a tightness in his arm or something like yep. that, you know, you just you just never know what's going on. What if Danks is the one that's banged up? Maybe you don't. You know, you don't know. I, I don't know how they're going. So that our, is dependent on the team. Our medical people informing us he does have a tightness, and then in parentheses they're telling us it's not his arm. I don't think I want to pursue that any further. <laughs> uh, real quick, baseball round them up, Ravner. Try to stay with us, Big Doug. We're on a roll today. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Texas knocked off Seattle yesterday. Great game, one to nothing. The story here, besides the Rangers winning a one nothing game, was Neftali Perez started the game. Uh huh. They're and, they're closer, and the last couple of years they had no closer, and they had uh, all these young starting pitchers. And it was kind of very similar to what the Red Sox told John Papelbon. They were like, "Listen, you're a great pitcher." And the, what the White Sox said to Chris Sale. Sale obviously Sale was uh, 
the left-handed, uh, you know, matchup guy. But they said to him, we need a closer. We have all these starters. Why don't you learn how to pitch in the major leagues throwing one inning a game? And they made him throw the ninth, which is crazy. Well, Jonathan Papelbon was told that by the Red Sox. He's still a closer, but now it's for the Phillies. Well, Neftali Perez, they, they told him the truth, and now he's a starter a couple of years later. And his first start coach was awesome. It's exactly what you'd want out of a starting pitcher. He threw a bunch of ground balls, didn't walk anybody, allowed four hits, struck out four people, attacked every single hitter, and next thing you know, they, they end up playing, well, if you're pitching against the Seattle Mariners, you attack is the best way to do it because they're not going to hit anybody. Mm-hmm. Just, just a reminder, they have the worst offense in the game. So. All right, Neftali. So he's going to stay a starter all season forever. long, I'm assuming. So forever, supposedly. Okay. he's And, and from, from the highlights that I saw on MLB Network last night, it was exactly what you would want out of a starting pitcher. He just kept attacking the strike mm-hmm. zone against everybody and was forcing, and he kept his pitch count down. Right. So he's a starter. I think he's a starter forever now, Coach. Very good. Toronto knocked off uh, Boston 7-3. to The Tigers knock off Tampa Bay 5-2. to The Red Sox had a miserable start last year, too, did they not? They're off to 1-4 and this year. They Weren't they terrible last year and then turned it around they very quickly? Were, they were 0-6, and... They they were at least two and ten. They might have went to two and twelve last year to start, but at least two and ten to start last season. Now the difference is we haven't mentioned this yet. The difference is they have the volatility of Bobby Valentine at manager, and just having his personality. Who managed him last year? Uh, Tito Francona, Terry. Okay. So a difference in persona. Let me ask you this, and I think this is a scintillating insider baseball question. I'm proud of myself already, and I haven't even asked the question, but a slumping Boston Red Sox <laughs> under Bobby Valentine, is that a little more volatile situation than a slumping early Red Sox under the uh, much more mild and sophisticated leadership of Tito Francona? Without question it is, because Tito Francona is, like you said, more mild-mannered. He had been there a long time. And he has won two World Series championships yep. as the Red Sox manager. Bobby Valentine, the genius that he is, has never won a World <laughs> Championship in America. Yes. Okay. Number two, this is his first year. Okay. And you're talking about a guy in the media that was extremely uh, popular. I shouldn't say popular, but well known. And mm-hmm. I've talked about him. And then all of a sudden, he's the manager of either the. Either the most loved or washed or second or third is top three of most focused on, like, fandoms in America. And he's extremely in-your-face as a manager. Oh, he, Coach, that was the easiest question I think you've ever given me. Yes. It's a, things okay, could end so up that's... being extremely volatile. This isn't Miami and Ozzie Guillen, yep. but it's the American League version of it. And, and it's how about this? It's a volatile situation as opposed as, a crazy lunatic who'll say anything, and a, and a volatile situation with a guy that is extremely coy and manipulating. How about mm-hmm. that? Okay. It, it bears worth watching. It could be uh, entertaining before it's all over. <laughs> Real quick, in the National League, L.A. knocked off Pittsburgh 2-1. to one. Clayton Kershaw, who probably you got to rate him right now, one of the top five starting pitchers in all of baseball, seven I strikeouts. Number one. Number I one. Number one. Wow. I, I, I drafted him. He was my first pitcher taken in my fantasy league. And Justin Verlander was still available, and I still got him on the second. Wow. Okay. So he is, and he's a kid that came in 
with a lot of hype and a lot of potential, right? And so many of those guys phase out. Uh, maybe I'm getting the wrong guy, but didn't he come in oh. with a lot of hype? And uh, here he is living up to it. You got you got the right guy. A lefty pitching for the Dodgers, and he's got an electric fastball and a massive curveball, and he had very bad control as a youngster. And guess what? He was compared to the exact guy I was trying to make him sound like, Sandy Koufax. Mm-hmm. You get compared to Sandy Koufax, your expectations aren't high. They're ridiculous. They're too high. Oh, this guy's the next Michael Jordan. Well, guess what? He's going to suck. Well, the next Sandy Koufax, for his first year, couldn't throw a strike. And then ever since then, he has... He's, watch, I watched the whole game yesterday, Coach. He was spotting the corner. It was absolutely unbelievable. He is right now as good a pitcher as we have in baseball. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Don't mince words. Say what you really feel. St. Louis Cardinal, make these quick now because we have some hockey fans that are on the edge of their seat. Might be the toilet seat, but they're on the edge of it, waiting for our NHL Stanley Cup preview, all five minutes and 46 seconds of it. But real quick, big dot, the Cardinals knocked off Cincinnati yesterday. St. Louis on a roll, minus pools. Brand new manager. La Russa is gone, but the Cardinals early anyways. Keep on keeping on. And uh, Carlos Beltran. Home run, David Freeze, home run, Kyle Loesch, pitch great. Those three guys have been brilliant early for the Cardinals. Well, well, well Kyle Loesch, uh, David Freeze is right where he left off last year when he dominated the yep. NL playoffs in the World Series. Well, he's even better right now. And like I said, the Kyle Loesch all-train addition has been really, really awesome. Kyle Loesch in two games so far this year has just he's been, he's been dominant, basically. And who ever thought Kyle Lowe should ever be dominant? It's only two games. Though. And we can't even credit Dave Duncan, who we used to give a lot of credit to Tony LaRusso, the fact that Dave Duncan, the pitching coach, Duncan's not there anymore either. Well, no, no, no. Tony LaRusso has said that the work that Dave Duncan has done with him over the years has carried over. Okay. He's everybody know that. <laughs> so from, from uh, Oakland, he's taking credit for it. Yes, yes. Gotcha. All right, and finally, Atlanta knocked off Houston 6-4. to four. The Braves finally win their first game of the season. The story here, big dog, is Chipper Jones. Comes off the DL, his first game for the Braves, goes two for two, hits a two-run homer. It's his final season. You get the feeling Chipper wants to make it a good one. I got the Braves as a surprise team, maybe a pennant contender, but the bottom line is Chipper came back and led the Braves to their first victory. And remember the day that I was like, oh, this is going to be Chipper's last season, blah, blah, blah. Chipper came out the next day and was like, that's erroneous. I am not planning on retiring. He's like, it might be my last year. But I'm not like, this is not like a retirement trip, so I'm not retiring. Right. My people tell me it's over. <laughs> and so he My just people doesn't... tell me that your people are right and he, needs... he doesn't have many more years left. <laughs> well, but your people and my people have never gotten along in the past, so I don't know that we can trust what your people say about my people. We've had this issue before. Now, when your people are talking about other things, I can trust them. But, again, your people talking about my people, or, for that matter, reverse the curse, my people, when they talk about your people, I think the credibility is gone because both your people and my people don't like other people. Yeah. <laughs> if you notice, Big Dog, or if you haven't noticed, I'm trying to delay our NHL Stanley Cup preview as long as possible. But it, it has come that time, my friend. And, again, we advertise this. It's an annual event here. Two guys, two guys that have watched very little hockey all year. We analyze and break down the NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs start tonight, big dog. And um, just give me an overall, and then I'm going to ask you for some specific predictions, but an overall, 
your excitement level and what you think about the hockey playoffs coming up. Uh, I, I am excited about the hockey playoffs, and especially considering that the, the Cubs right now don't look too good, Woo. and uh, the, the draft isn't for another the NFL draft is for another fifteen days. Mm-hmm. So for the next fifteen days, every single night, I'm either going to be watching NHL hockey, the playoff style, or uh, Bulls game, and that's pretty much all I'll watch on television during the night over the next okay. like two months. Pretty sad, but hopefully, I won't be watching too much television. That's the best way for me to put it. Yep, yep. Get to get to work and make some money. That's more important. The uh, Rangers take on the Senators. The New York Rangers, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Big Dog had a heck of a season. The Bruins are the two seed, taking on the number seven Capitals. You got the Penguins and the Flyers, a battle of Pennsylvania. I kind of like that. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia did not even realize they're playing. Uh, do, you, do you know anything about yeah, those two teams? That game is on today at 6 o'clock on uh, NBC Sports or that other the new one. You know what I'm talking about? No. There's the, it's the old uh, Versus channel. It's now NBC Sports. Oh, okay. Sports. Mm-hmm. It, that's, that, it kicks off. To, it, they drop the puck tonight at 6 o'clock. I like I'm, I'm intrigued by that series. Now, Sidney Crosby has missed almost the whole season, but he's back. Is that correct? Yeah, he's back. The other day somebody breathed on him, and the whole Pittsburgh bench went onto the ice and beat the dude up. It was, it was pretty funny. I'm not kidding either. Oh, goodness. You got a prediction here? Philadelphia Flyers pretty good, and I think the uh, Flyers actually lead the series, according to my research here, 4-2. to two. Uh, The best player in the NHL is on Pittsburgh, uh, the Malkin guy, so I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. And, and the NHL is going to make sure Sidney Crosby – Get at least two or three playoff series of uh, television. A little time. conspiracy theory. That's the expertise I like from the big dog. The best player in the NHL, that Malkin guy. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. How about Rangers, Bruins, one and two seed? Do you see them advancing, or might we have some upset potential? I'm, I'm feeling the Boston Bruins this year. In, in, in hockey? Uh, well, the, the Boston Bruins are the defending NHL yes, champions, so you you got to watch out for them. In hockey, unlike any sport, even baseball, which can – you can get some crazy matchups because of just pitching and stuff. The the lower seed can beat the higher seed. So the Rangers, who have been the best team in hockey almost the whole entire year, mm-hmm. for record wise, they should not assume that they're just going to advance. But I I, I kind of hope they do. I would I would like to see uh, a New York Boston uh, finals in the East would be a pretty be good, good final. That would yeah. be cool. An original six matchup. To your point, by the way. To your point again. Uh, our research department, our non-speaking um, intern staff giving to me this fact, the number eight-seeded senator, Ottawa senator, against the number one-seed New York Rangers, Ottawa actually won the season series, Big Dog, three to one. Whoa, so there certainly okay. is the potential for upset. And, in fact, over in the Western Conference where our beloved Blackhawks, I want to hear your thoughts on the Blackhawks, they're the sixth seed. Phoenix is the three seed, but I think the Hawks have a better record. Phoenix is only the three seed, correct? Because they won their division. Yeah, that's that's exactly right, Coach. It's one of the the dumb rules that that basketball and hockey have come up with about the simple fact that uh, these if you win your division, you automatically get slotted in your playoff seedings. That's ridiculous. Another dumb thing, but still, it plays to the Hawks' benefit. <laughs> the socket. The, the Hawks get to play uh, Phoenix, and it, uh, let's face it, that Phoenix arena, a third of it's going to be full of uh, of uh, people rooting for yeah. the Chicago Blackhawks. So much for the home ice advantage. Uh-huh. All right. So the, so in, in a sense, and I haven't checked the Vegas odds, but the, the six-seed Blackhawk probably 
at the very least, a slight favorite over the three seed Phoenix team. Uh, yeah, that I, I would I would imagine so, Coach. Mm-hmm. That, that's a nice that was the best matchup they could have gotten in the first round, considering what their record was. Good goaltending battle. Phoenix's Mike Smith is uh, pretty good, particularly of late. Corey Crawford not so good, but of late not so good. Early, I should say, of late he's come back, played a little bit better. This could be a series that you could say definitively will be defined by the play of the uh, opposing goaltenders. Uh, I would have to say so, especially considering that both these are that has been the biggest question mark all year long. So yeah, that's without I mean, you can always say that about every single hockey series coach. Mm-hmm. You know that that it's one of those metaphors. But I don't think there's any teams that, especially the Blackhawks, that have been so goalie driven this year. When the goalies are good, they win. When the goalies are bad, they lose. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I will tell you this in the Western Conference, again, with the limited hockey that I have watched this year, I'm going to go out on a limb, out on an ice-drawn limb and pick the St. Louis Blues as my NHL Stanley Cup champion this year. They're going to advance out of the West. They're the number two seed. They're going to bring the pride back to St. Louis. Great hockey town, by the way, underrated hockey town. The Blues over the Bruins. Big dog, my pick in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Your turn. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to root for the Hawks. I'm going to take the Hawks. Uh, no matter what, i got to go with the Hawks. To win it all? To win it all. Wow. Woo! Here come the Hawks. Jonathan Taves, uh, Jonathan Taves coming back from the concussion, correct? Uh, he should be back for this series, yes. Concussions are a little crazy, though, Coach. Yeah, well, what, what I'm surprised is, is all these hockey experts saying, you know, that the Blackhawks, how... You know, you get Taves back. They're going to be strong. It's going to make them a better team. Boom, 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 boom. Well, the guys missed 20 games. You can't expect Jonathan Taves to re-enter NHL Stanley Cup hockey in all its intensity and be the Jonathan Taves that he was. It's going to take three, four games to get back into it, I would think. I would, I'll have to agree with you on that one. Yeah. I still just like the Phoenix matchup for the right. for the Hawks and that he'll be good by the time they go to the next round. Beautiful. Big dog, tremendous show from this year, man. To breastfeeding moms, to NHL hockey, and a lot of stops in between. I enjoyed this one today. All I know is baseball starts at 11 o'clock this morning on NLB Network. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of work done already for a reason. I'm watching baseball. Don't forget this year, man. Going to be at White Sox Park on Friday. We'll talk about that tomorrow as well. We appreciate your listening, everybody. TalkZone.com. Two guys in a mic signing off. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late. Have a great day, everybody.